Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Electoral College Day. The electors are voting and they are voting in droves for Joe Biden. It looks like the anticipated 270 will be hit on this day, although that is not the last step in this process. No, it's not. And I think some people in the media are going to pretend to be outraged that it's not the last step and they'll stir up a bunch of division using this. But Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood are both speaking about something else Trump could do, which is trigger a 2018 executive order. The order signed by Trump on September 12, 2018, states that not later than 45 days after the conclusion of a United States election, the director of national intelligence in consultation with the heads of any other appropriate executive departments and agencies shall conduct an assessment of any information indicating that a foreign government or any person acting as an agent of or on behalf Half of a foreign government has acted with the intent or purpose of interfering in this election. So that could be triggered and China would be the one who they say interfered in the election. That's what Lynn Wood's tweeting about. What happens? So he tries to invoke the executive order and then what? He just doesn't doesn't get into it. It provides the president all kinds of power to do everything from seize assets to freeze things, oh. demand the impound demand the impoundment of voting machines. Wow! He could well, even appoint a special counsel to look into it. That's very interesting. I don't know. I that's the first I've heard of that. Although we did have a really, really interesting conversation with Garland yesterday, and he sent out a press release this morning. That was even more shocking. Few things that came out of that. He went through blow by blow. I mean, what when he breaks down that video that we were seeing about pulling ballots out from underneath a table, a skirted table after the monitors had left, when he breaks that down and shows when the new votes showed up and everything. I mean, it is I, I, I am hard pressed to think of an alternative narrative of that except for that they came out and were trying to sneak those vote those ballots in and that they weren't legitimate ballots as a matter of fact as he pointed out one of the people who engaged in what appeared to be fraud the mother of the ringleader it looked like garland said now i think it's been removed but that she came out on twitter with remorse and said she was going to lawyer up and all that. So that was definitely the plot thickening. He also pointed out that Ware County, they identified that votes were flipped from Biden to Trump, from Trump to Biden. And it wasn't like a large number. It was only maybe a few dozen, but it was a quarter of a percentage point, which if you were to, if that even that small amount were widespread, that was the margin by exactly. And then the last thing that came out. I believe that one that you just mentioned is the one that I think he said NBC News said that they did a they did a fact check on it saying that USA Today. And they said that they reached out to Garland and he didn't get back to them, which was, according to Garland, a lie. And he he released a statement about it, too. My guess is they DM you on Twitter, something that you're never going to see because you don't follow them, you know, something like that. And then they I'm, I'm sure they did something that they knew would fail. Yeah. And then today they sent him a said, MySpace message. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he said also that Coffee County was refused to certify the audit because they ran their votes through the Dominion machines three times and could not get the same answer three times without actually changing the ballots that they ran through it. Yeah. That is how inaccurate from if I'm reading his press release correctly, I highly recommend people go and listen to we spent an hour with him yesterday, just flew by. I was it was really fascinating. I don't know what what can can come of this. I believe it's like January 6th that the that the Senate and the Congress would ever have to certify all of this. I don't know if there's any recourse after that, but until then, we're going to keep talking to Garland about this because I, Georgia, I mean, I have never I haven't seen better evidence than he was presenting that there was actual fraud and he is now, oh, and I asked him one other thing about if how they can all I see every headline is Georgia had a recount, Georgia had an audit, had both of those things, and nothing was uncovered. So give it up, Georgia. And he said both that the original audit went through the Arlo system, aggregating precinct votes. So precincts could not verify that they were using the right counts because the, the numbers had been um, aggregated before they were released. And then with the recount, he said, your, their, their problem is his complaint. One of his complaints, his main complaint is that a lot of those mail-in ballots were on the wrong paper stock. They were not folded as if they had been in envelopes and that they weren't marked by human beings. They looked to be marked by toners. And actually, if you look at the video, he said those were mail-in ballots that were not in envelopes. So where was the kind of chain of custody? Where did you look at the signature matching, like all of that stuff? And he wants to actually look at the ballots because you because the recount doesn't connect with the votes people cast, just connects with the ballots. A lot of the stuff that's produced by the printed out by the machines, he wants to look so there's no way of auditing those, but you can go back and look at mail-in ba- ballots and absentee ballots and uh, so see if they look authentic or not. And he's not been allowed to do that. What I found, one of the things, many things I found interesting about what he said was the way he described the room where that video we all saw of people pulling what looks like suitcases out from under the table that had the skirt on it is that table was located according to Garland, in an area of the room that is kind of out of sight from the monitor in the front of the room. And I'm not sure it was. If you look at the video as he walks through it, it looks like the table is in the middle of the room, but the counters, the people who are counting are along the wall. And you can see in the video that the monitors can't see them. Yeah. Okay, so, that, so maybe that's what he was referring and to. Because the, the room was like round and the monitors were cordoned off. I mean, it is worthwhile. I did tweet his video, which who knows how long it'll be on YouTube, as you pointed out. So it's good that we have him describing it. Yeah. Because who the heck knows? But you can see, if you look at it, you can see that they can't see around the corner to the people counting. And I did ask him if that table was brought in, the skirted table was brought in. And another door that's not where the monitor is. And he said, yes, he did that table was brought in in the back. So I thought I found that interesting, but we'll see where it goes.
What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. There was a couple of other things that came out of that. One, at the end, he told us, I had not heard of this. It was shocking and horrible as I investigated after that Kemp's daughter goes out with or used to dated for a long time. Uh, Harrison Deal of the Deal family, who was governor, he's some distant relation of the governor, but a political family. He was on his way to a Kelly. He was a, a campaign. And he helped on a campaign is 20 years old of Kelly Loeffler. And on the way to her, a meeting of her with Pence, like it was a rally, he, he died in a crazy fiery crash. Did you see that video? I did not see the video. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it was just like an absolutely orange, bright explosion. And a lot of people thought it was very suspicious looking. I mean, that is really scary. That kind of stuff. And then I also think that there's, you know, maybe maybe people are being deliberately incited to move towards a civil war. I can't see. I, there's so many headlines like that. And my feeling is it goes back to the Rockfin video um, that we did where you showed me that it was a World Economic Forum one where they're basically like, what do we do about these 70 million people who voted for Trump? And I And I feel like if... What happened in our last civil war, whether you, you know, what you think caused it, what the benefits were, whatever, but the rebels were disenfranchised and impoverished and states' rights were basically, you know, greatly reduced. And I would expect the same thing to happen again, that maybe people are being lured into this idea of a rebellion or an attempted secession as a way. It's like when I say there's, uh, there's resistance grade weaponry and then there's target justifying weaponry. You come out with your tanks, you might have a chance. You come out with your handguns, they're going to mow you down. And I just wonder if it's like that or the, that of the hundred flowers or thousand flowers or the Hungarian revolution, you know, just always bringing people out as an excuse to put them down. Yeah, there was that rally, that pro Trump rally in DC over the weekend where. Proud Boys and it was either Antifa or Black Lives Matter, or maybe all three got into it. And I saw where 33 people, that number 33, were arrested. My sister-in-law went to that. Really? And, yes, I can't believe it. My mother, or I should say former sister-in-law, my mother started telling me, she's like, so they went down. And I like wasn't really listening to her that much. You know, just walking to whatever my mom was chattering. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, what? What are you saying? She's like, so they all went down. They went down to D.C. You know, they said it was so great on the bus. It was super friendly. And everybody was really, you know, just loving Trump and just going there to show their support. And then they get off the bus and all these weirdos in black outfits from top to bottom. They were, they're weird. They're causing trouble. They said the only thing bad about the whole trip was those weird people. That would make sense from what the news is reporting. Apparently there were some I, but scuffles. I, Whenever you read that, it's like, you know, my family or whatever on that bus were not 
proud boys. You know, they yeah, got yeah. off and they were like, <laughs> these guys are weird, just like the MAGA hat kids. They're like, I don't know, some guy starts banging a drum in my face and yeah. I just kind of stood there and let it happen. But that was the impression I got that no, nobody was going. I mean, my mom used to take me down to March for Life all the time. Like, I've been on those buses many times and they're just, and that's what the MAGA hat kids are doing. They were actually, I think, there for the March to li- for Life. They're just, you know, they're just activists. I was there for Obamacare. Like, they're not, nobody was packing heat when I was there. That's the problem with these rallies nowadays because everybody's been trained either in person or through social media, virtual events on how to be an activist. And everybody is an activist nowadays. So if you go to a rally and you innocently go to march for something or protest something, you're liable to be framed as the worst case scenario on the other side, the most evil enemy on the opposing side of whoever the activist is. All of these, anybody who's making the news like that, Proud Boys, Antifa, I don't know about the Proud Boys. They don't have to email me and tell me like, oh, they're good, whatever. I don't know. But anybody who takes it to a different level from how I used to march for for these causes, we, you just go and you would march. There would be many, many people. You go down the street, you would show your support, you would hold up signs, whatever. That was how we used to show, enforce our viewpoints. And now they have the taint agents on both sides. They're actually making, they're just making that kind of peaceful protest impossible. Or drowning out. I mean, that's really yet another attack on the First Amendment. And oftentimes you have taint agents on both sides who are pretending to be on the other side to make the other side look bad. False flags. Yeah. False flags all around. Cleveland Indians have decided after 105 years to be the Indians no more. They have not chosen a new name. I don't know if... Cleveland baseball team is going to be what they choose, kind of like the the football team did, the Washington football team. Do people name their teams um, something that they don't admire or respect? Apparently, that must be the thinking. I get some of the caricatures when it comes to the mascots and stuff and the imagery. I can see where yeah. some of that stuff can be seen as, as to be derogatory. Yeah, it's obnoxious. Yeah, but... And this, you know, maybe not the best example, and I don't think people should actually do this, but if it's derogatory and you want equity, why not name them the Cleveland White Guys or the Cleveland Chads or the Cleveland Brads, whatever, and they can wear khaki shorts, the uniforms, they're going to be just the most whitest guys that you've ever like seen. Like the Fighting Irish. Yeah. Max Kellerman says that the little leprechaun is totally offensive to drunken Irish people who don't fight. <laughs> Max Kellerman's so full of it that you can find somebody who's offended or somebody who. But you can't even find an Irish person. Max Kellerman is not an Irish person. He He says he knows some Irish people, though. He has some of his best friends are Irish. Really offended by the little leprechaun. It's like, you know what? No, give me it. I mean, I don't want. Maybe they are. I I shouldn't say that. I'm Irish from. I, I have an Irish. Citizenship. My entire family is Irish. We just live in a culture where people We're are being offended. conditioned that they're supposed to be offended by everything. Any and everything no, that can I, be made political. I think all this stuff, I'm absolutely convinced more and more that all of this stuff is actually has the intention of being the opposite of what it's presented as. Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, 
gluten-free brownies. I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash prop report. I think that the purpose of some of this stuff may well be the opposite of what they're saying because you eradicate the history, the history of, I mean, cowboys and Indians. Yeah, it's obnoxious as a game because the Indians are the bad guys, which I don't think is accurate. But you keep that you kept alive their culture and and what they brought their history, that history. And same thing with statues of bad guys. Bad guys who were were respected and in positions of power. If you eradicate history, you are eradicating the real stories and also the object lessons. But I would also say that when they act like being anti-racist and pro-equity and all this, that everybody has to get the same thing, a big thing they're doing is saying, give minority communities the vaccines first so that there's no appearance of lack of equity. So if everybody's in line, meanwhile, we know, and I also see this, that the black community is, the, the if you're going to uh, separate people out by demographics, has the lowest likelihood of voluntarily taking the vaccine at percent. However, I read in the journal today, even nurses only have a 30% or so a chance of wanting to take the vaccine right now. So I think they're really being targeted. And they they say that the minority communities are suspicious because they've been targeted before for these experiments. This is experimental. Emergency authorization is not the same as regulatory approval. And we can talk about what we're really facing here. It is not. And I want to go back to that Cleveland story real quick because I I do have some stuff about the vaccine. The Braves came out and said that they are going to keep the name the Braves and that they're they're committed to it and they're not going to change it. And they're taking a different approach than the Indians were, similar to I think what you were saying in preserving it. They are doing outreach programs, they're spotlighting Native American culture. They're partnering with people in the Native American community as opposed to giving in to to the the framing of it that the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins gave in. The difference might be that Braves is not a name that's been uh restated Indians because it was a misnomer based on Indians from India because they thought they had gone around the world. But I mean, it's, there's nothing shameful in it. It was a mistake, but it doesn't seem offensive. And a lot of, I actually remember back in the day when they switched it to Native Americans, which totally confused me also because Amerigo Vespucci wasn't a, Indian tribe, you know, people like I want to be called Native Americans. Like that's an Italian. But anyway, a lot of them said they didn't. They didn't want to. They they were like fine with American Indian. Like why? You know, what difference does it make? Yeah. And I think that you can find somebody to be offended about it. And this is what they do. They find at least one or two people to be offended. They highlight those people and those people become representatives of a whole group, even though other members of that group might completely disagree with those yeah and it just it, it makes it so that you can never speak of that culture you don't even know how to use the words you right. never think about it there's never a reason to think about it yeah the vaccines are here they've arrived and they they keep saying they're gonna get the first vaccines in people's arms 
on Monday. I don't want that thing in my arm right now. I know a lot of people don't. Like you said, there's nurses that are reluctant to take it. There's a lot of people that have, quote, vaccine hesitancy that they are trying to snuff out. Fauci and others have been speaking more and more about people who should not take it and possible side effects. So the people who should not take it, who should not take the Pfizer vaccine, are people who have had a severe allergic reaction after a previous dose of this Pfizer vaccine. So if you have an allergic reaction to the first one, don't take the second one. People who have had a severe allergic reaction to any ingredient of this vaccine, any ingredient. So then you go and you look and you yeah. What are the ingredients? You look at the ingredients, and the ingredients are a bunch of words that ninety nine point nine percent of people have never heard of in their life. I can't even read most of these words: potassium chloride, monobasic potassium, cholesterol, lipids. The list that I find interesting is the one that says additionally. Here's what you should mention to your vaccine provider before getting the Pfizer vaccine. The FDA says, tell the vaccine provider about all of your medical conditions, including if you have any allergies, any allergies, if you have a fever, if you have bleeding disorder or are on a blood thinner. A lot of people are on blood thinners. Oh, yeah. If you, are, if you are immunocompromised or are on a medicine that affects your immune system. Seems like a broad category. If you are pregnant or plan to become pregnant, that's an interesting one. Wow. If you are breastfeeding or if you have received another COVID vaccine. So don't double up on the different COVID vaccines. Well, do you want to hear the the list that was in the slideshow about the FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines? They have a draft working list of possible adverse event outcomes. Yes, I would love to. First thing, Guillain-Barre and a bunch of other myelitis, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, transverse myelitis, uh, a bunch of myelitis, Kawasaki disease, which is a kind of myelitis. It, But it goes on to um, death is one possible side effect. Okay, so if death is that's a possible a, that's side a bad effect. side effect. And if this applies to the Moderna one where only one person died in the control group, so you didn't get the vaccine, you had a one in 15,000 chance of dying of COVID. Yeah. So if even one person dies of the vaccine out of 15,000, it already fails the cost benefit analysis because it costs something. Uh, pregnancy and birth outcomes, convulsions, stroke, narcolepsy, anaphylaxis, uh, myocardial infarction, autoimmune disease, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. That sounds very bad. Arthritis uh, and other stuff. <laughs> I don't know. They're looking at these side effects. They're keeping it. You know, not everything is in, in there. You know what I mean? It's So obviously there's a, this list came out of somewhere. Yeah. Maybe these are the lists that are always used. I mean, because so many, so many of these items are a form of myelitis where your own immune system attacks your myelination, which is what keeps the electrical impulses getting from your spinal columns, like your fingers and toes and stuff, because that is a common thing here and in other vaccines. And it's tops the list. I think this is a curated list. This isn't just like, oh, we just look for everything. So, uh, you know, I mean, given how absolutely 
little difference it makes to get the vaccine as to not get the vaccine in their studies, I really want to see a refined cost-benefit analysis here, but I'm never going to. The article that I read also, again, re-emphasized giving the vaccine at a location where you can resuscitate people. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great Great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. I actually did some Christmas shopping there and used... The discount code that got me 10% off, Prop 10. Awesome. I bring that up because they're talking about vaccines being distributed at Walmart. Now, maybe they'll build some sort of infrastructure in there where they can resuscitate people. But currently, I don't see that present. And they keep saying that you need to get it somewhere where there can be resuscitation if necessary. My feeling about this is there are a lot of different vaccines that are going to be out there. Yeah. So I would suggest if you wanted to proceed, because they're going to come up with this, I think it's called the common pass where it's going to have your testing and your vaccine history and airlines are talking about using it. They said they're, it's probably going to expand to employers, uh, schools, summer camps and entertainment venues where you're going to have to have it. I don't know. But if you feel pressure to do it, I would I would think you'd want to figure out exactly which vaccination you are getting. There's mRNA one, there are DNA ones, and there's conventional ones. And then see, wait 90 days. That's what that lawyer was saying about if you're an employer and you need to like, you want to put those restrictions on your employees, wait 90 days until that that vaccine has been in widespread use and just see what kind of reaction they get. If if most people, they say most people want to get the vaccine. So if you're in the minority that's vaccine hesitant, then let the people who aren't go first. There's nothing wrong with that. And they said the guy that, <laughs> what I forget his name, the head of Operation Warp Speed said they only need 75% vaccinated population to get this thing under control. But I do think you're going to start seeing a lot of stories now that have been suppressed, but you're going to see them now about suicide, mental illness, financial ruin, maybe the stimulus package won't be enough. Maybe the stock market will crash, whatever it is to get people feeling the pressure to get the vaccine because you just can't take the lockdowns anymore. Yeah. The stimulus package definitely isn't going to be enough for a lot of people, especially those who are going to be getting evicted when that moratorium is up. Another great example of the vaccine push propaganda that we talk about in the Rockfin videos. One day U.S. death tops 3,000 more than D-Day or 9-11. So right as the day the vaccine arrives, we get a story saying that the 
biggest death total has exceeded our previous war scenarios that we were in. More people are dying now because of that. Then it qualifies it later on in the article and in the part of the article that nobody reads. It says the latest number is subject to revision up or down. Oh, really? The propaganda effect is already there, though. So you might revise the numbers up or down, likely down. But they are pushing this war theme so hard. And it's so straight out of report from Iron Mountain, which talks about can we use something other than war to serve all of the purposes of that, which includes central control, in my opinion. But the top blurb on the front page Wall Street Journal today was Pfizer began shipping vials of COVID-19 vaccine, part of one of the largest mass mobilizations since American factories were repurposed to help fight World War Two. Yeah. And and I did notice that what they said uh, was that there was something like they it was it was a massive movement without a central control. So they're emphasizing that it's like a war it's like a war effort, but there's nobody directing it. And so many things could go wrong because it's just operating in this like, you know, anarchistic way. So for me, I think that they, the one thing that the wars do allow, even in an otherwise ostensibly free society, is it gets the government this past to control production, to have labor laws that kind of let people not quit and stuff. So they may just use these kind of narratives to increase the government's control over the economy. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's working. It's definitely working. There was another thing. God. I was going to say one thing that I forgot to mention during the electors segment was that CNN is telling people how to see the names of the electors. This is public information. You can find it, but they are openly pushing. Here's how you find out the names of these people. And I think that is very, very threatening and intimidating. And that's crazy that that was CNN. Yeah. Because I've been following the CNN electoral college vote updates. And one of the one of the things from like an hour ago, I, I had a little headline in that stream was Arizona held its electoral college meeting at an undisclosed location to keep its electors safe. <laughs> so they yeah. are fully aware of the fact that electors are worried about safety right now. And, and they're openly telling people how to find out who their names are. Right. I wanted to just point out one more thing. You know, I have, I'm keeping a kind of continuing list of similarities between the AIDS thing and the COVID thing. Yeah. Well, I have an 11th one. I think the last couple I added on were uh, that like Ellen took the courage to admit that she tested positive. And before that, it was that there are asymptomatic spreaders. That was the biggest thing. HIV. You could be HIV positive, but not have full-blown AIDS. So you can be COVID positive, but not have full-blown COVID. I mean, that we should start calling it full-blown COVID just so people realize. But that's not it. The Most people who... Uh, who die of AIDS or get super sick from AIDS, it's pneumonia. They get pneumonia. Pneumonia is what kills them. I think that's the number one cause of death of people who, quote, die of AIDS. Because that's what I said. Like, did my brother die of AIDS? Did they write that on the thing? He just wasted away and died. 
he died probably of starvation if you look at him, but the uh, or malnutrition. But a lot of them don't survive this very serious pneumonia. He did survive the pneumonia. But I mean, pneumonia kills a lot of people. So if you're going to attribute. If you want to pump up the number of deaths, just make the pneumonia a hand in hand with whatever it is you're saying caused it. Yeah, there were people in vaccine trials, and I believe it was Australia, who were testing positive for AIDS. I saw that. And they said it was false positive. Well, of course, but they're all false positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because HIV doesn't cause AIDS. So what is the I'm waiting for them to come out and say, well, it doesn't really mean anything. Because that's what Carrie Mullis was always saying. He was like, you're not testing for a virus that causes a disease when you use the PCR test. So they were probably there was fragmentary genetic material. You know, I just think the whole thing, if they really peeled the onion on that, they would have to admit that it's they're calling them false positives, but they're no more false than than all the other positives. Yeah. And this was the coronavirus. I should clarify for people listening. This was the coronavirus vaccine trial. Was getting people positive that HIV people were tests. testing positive HIV. Yeah. Then they were calling it false positives. Yeah. Imagine anyway. how terrifying that might be for somebody to get that. Terrible. And then you think, it's terrible. But uh, I have a couple of housekeeping things. All right. We have a DPP on Friday. It's a VIP DPP. So it's, if you're a friend of the show... Or patron saint, it's kind of a smaller, more intimate crowd. We got, you know, even more wheels off. But uh, we're going to have to start doing one non, non-cocktail-y <laughs> live streams so that we can interact with people about more serious matters, which they might prefer to talk to us about. But this Friday is just nothing but fun. Uh, so check your status if you want to be a part of that. Also, we released on Friday... To patrons, an early release of our latest Legal Man conversation, but also to the general public, our conversation with Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, who gave our listeners a week free of Plus. So if you put in Monica as when you sign up for Plus, you have to cancel if you don't want to give them um, even one payment. That's okay. But his recent interviews with Nora Gedgaudis and uh, Joseph Farrell and also Derek Bros were fantastic. So you can listen to the whole two hours free if you use Monica. I highly encourage that because that Nora Gedgaudis thing, I bought her book. I'm going to sign up for her program. And she was so courageous. And I went to her website. There's a 72-page PDF uh, on, on mask studies. Really? I mean, oh yeah, she is. She's interesting. Letting it all hang out, that yeah. chick, and she's not like Joe Truth or anything. She's a naturalist. She's a, a like um, she does. It's not like, like keto. She says it's ancestral eating, backed by a lot of scientific evidence. She's just all about the science. I mean, so this chick ended up being some kind of truther, and I don't think she meant to be at all. Interesting. I'll have to yeah. check that out. I really definitely interesting. Wanna, definitely want to read that. In the Patron 15, I'll tell you about Stacey Abrams' predictions on Jake Tapper's show yesterday, State of the Union. And I entered a whole new world in my Van Halen tutelage. I can't wait. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com, your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. You can also check us out on rockfin.com where we do deep dive videos into the think tanks and their plans for shaping the planet. We will talk to you guys in the Patreon 15 or tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. 